Welcome to The Atypical Leader with Rick Brennan, where we talk about harnessing what makes you unique and maybe even a little odd, while at the same time dismantling the notion that you have to be a certain type of person or act a certain way to be an effective leader. Definitely a leader, not a follower. I like the sound of this. It's time for us atypical leaders to come out of the shadows and learn to be proud and confident in what makes us different. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of who I am. Atypical leader starts now. Good morning, Judy. Morning, Rick. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks yeah. for asking. Got an employee. Anytime. 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 So, uh, how was your morning so far? My morning? Well, you know, it's it's been pretty slow. I just got up, had my coffee, you know, trying to get ready to do some podcasting. Yeah. And yours? Uh, well, I got up early and I went up the to Mont- La Montana. Oh. So, I, yo estoy muy, muy cansada. Whatever that means. That means I'm very, very tired. Are you? Yes, I'm practicing yeah, but, my Spanish. <laughs> yeah, but that's good Good for you, but uh, that should get you energized getting up that mountain and that Well, sort of it thing. did, but I had to break down and have a caffeinated coffee. So I'm, oh, a, you know, so be a little, prepared. A jittery, ready to rock today, right? I'm ready to rock and roll. Okay, cool. How's the book going? Hey, you know what, Judy? It's doing pretty well. First in my yeah. category, at least the last time I looked, and... People seem oh, wow. to be pretty enthusiastic. I got all people are sending me all kinds of pictures of them in the book, which I'm putting out on the World Wide Web, you know, for everybody to see. And I actually right. have a book signing coming up oh. Sunday, July 16th at Chapters in Dieppe, New Brunswick. Oh, that's going to be cool. Yeah, well, <laughs> I hope so. It's, <laughs> it's not something I can get trying to get my head around it. You know what I mean? You know, I'm, well, I'm afraid to death I might spell something wrong as I. So at least I think I got my name down, Pat, but if anybody wants a little message, oh, geez, I'm going to need a, a copywriter. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I can't be there to help you, but uh, I think if we can get a lot of people down there, they would be kind to you and help you spell I'm sure while they you're writing, would. I'm signing sure they their would. book. Yeah. So let's get going. We have a podcast called Atypical Leader, yeah. and we've discussed what an atypical is. So now let's chat about what leadership is. Hmm, That's a good idea. And God knows we've all experienced people that are called leaders. And we've all had the, and I must say for myself, I've had the quiet ones, the aggressive ones, the middle of the road, the invisible ones. We've had them all. Right. They all display different characteristics. We call them leaders. But are they is the question. And that's funny thing about leadership is, you know, I've had the aggressive leader everybody hated mm-hmm. and i've had the aggressive leader that everybody loved personalities right personalities the aggressive leader that could make shit happen aggressive leader that couldn't do anything from an atypical point of view we need to learn to balance our personality our uniqueness with solid leadership values so how would we define a leader well i can tell you as i would define a leader let's go back to my childhood you know, and the leader was, I can remember, you know, I'm living in a small town. I'm certainly the guy who's scoring all the goals in the games oh, is, is yeah. the leader. Anybody with authority is a leader. Like mm-hmm. my mother would call the big shots. Right. You know, she certainly perceived them as a leader, people with money, status, title. The mayor. The mayor, the, especially the aggressive people. The people say, oh, my God, they're born to lead. Well, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, not so sure about that. So that's how I kind of saw it when I was a kid. And, right. you know, as as I grow up and I'd move into different companies, I mean, I'm a young guy. I'm going through the work stages and right. I see these people, you know, making fancy speeches, dressed to the nines. To me, that seemed like leadership to me. I mean, they got ahead. They must be doing something right. 
So do you still define leadership that way? Or as through your career, has your knowledge shifted? My perspective of leadership yeah. changes. Sure Thank has. You. I've lived and I've learned. I've figured out what works for my atypical brain and what factors brought out the best in me and my teams. Let's just take a common sense approach to leadership. So leading kind of says to me that you're probably leading people. I think the context of leadership is you're leading people, Mm -hmm. that you're moving things forward, that you're reaching your goals and objectives. And I think if you're leading people, I think most everyone would agree that people are more productive if they're motivated, engaged, organized, that that tends to lead towards success. Well, yeah, that makes sense. But what other qualities stand out to you? Well, for me, when I look at the leaderships that had an impact on me, that mm-hmm. really, I think, where I was part of strong teams, those leaders pretty much had all the same similar value. You know, you could trust them. Trust okay? is big. Trust is big. They had truly had humility. They wow. didn't pretend they knew everything. A boss with humility. Oh. No, no. It's, it's it, You know, for me, you know, humility is maybe the one number one factor in being a leader. Right. They liked people. Mm-hmm. They could engage people. But they also knew when to let people just run with the ball. They didn't have to lead all the time. Right. They knew when to relinquish control Mm -hmm. and to let other people take the leadership role. And I'm here to tell you that atypicals are more likely to have these skills than the typical thinker. Well, there is the old question, Rick. Are leaders born or created? What do you think about that? Well, I think leaders are created. I do not think for one second they're born. Okay. It's life and life's lessons that teach you about leadership. For me as an atypical, it was all my ups and downs and my failures, my mistakes that kind of molded me into the person that I would eventually become. I mean, your gene pool might give you certain characteristics that may allow you to excel as a leader. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're confident and you speak well and you're tall, handsome, and gorgeous, I'm sure that (laughs) doesn't hurt. Yeah, I think it would help, yeah. (laughs) The underlying values that we talked about are more critical. uh, Definitely. Trust, respect, all those type of things. And how do you get that? How do you evolve those values? Well, I think that's life. You go through life. You learn as you go. You go by your role models help you. Christ, making mistakes is a critical piece to evolving as a leader because when you make mistakes, you see how people react, you, you see how you react, and you learn from all those examples, all those things that happen to you. So anyway, bottom line, leaders are created. Okay, so would you have an example of someone that was seen as a leader, but it really wasn't the case? Yeah, I actually do because there's this one example and it blew me away. This girl, so we're having a conference and part of the program is to get mid-level managers up and make a speech, like do a presentation to the the conference. Okay. You know, part of the growth strategy and they pick certain people. And so this girl gets up and I got to tell you, she rocks it. Oh, okay. Oh, no, she rocks it. People in the audience are engaged. The executives are blown away. It's Everyone's real. laughing where they should be. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. She does a great job, and which is all fine, and I'd be the first to applaud her performance. Right, okay. I go to the, meet, the executive meeting the next Monday morning, and we're talking, and we're talking about how the conference go, and to a person in that executive room, they go, oh, my God, did you hear her speech? And then they'd say, everyone would say, oh, what a leader. Right. Okay. And I go, well, hold her. 
She did a good job making a speech. Yeah. I really don't know what that has anything to do with leadership. Oh. And of course, people would look at me strange. Yeah. Now, I know a bit of a backstory on this girl. I know that although she presents herself well and looks good and does all those sorts of things, she has a difficult time with her team, oh. motivating them, engaging them, keeping them organized, you know. And in fact, there was a thing where she was going for a certain job and someone asked me and I had someone else I thought would do a better job. They really they went with her and not the person I suggest, which was, listen, that's their prerogative to do whatever they choose to do. But, you know, it wouldn't be that much longer after this conference that they would actually have to escort this girl out of the building because her team really was, she goes or we go. Seriously? Yeah, and it just shows you that that appearance, that illusion right. sucks so many of us in. In fact, these executives did such a disservice to this girl. Instead of focusing on her overt skills, if they had taken the time or had the wisdom, they could have focused on the areas where she really needed help. I mean, let's face it. You can hear someone make a speech. They could be a fucking ass murderer for all you know. I <laughs> well, mean, that's you true. don't know. You don't know what's going. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. That's only a very small part of leadership. And especially if the person up there making that great speech is telling you what you want to hear. Well, yeah. my God, it's like God reborn. Oh, I it's know. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Okay, so... You're not a leader because you have a title. Nope. Is what you're saying. You're not a leader because you achieve things, which, okay, you're going to explain that. Well, to I'm me. saying that you, I mean, achieving things is things leaders do. Right. But if that's because you achieve something, doesn't make you a leader. Oh, okay. It's just one piece, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So you achieve something, you're automatically a leader, which isn't necessarily the case. Right. Right. Okay. So I mean, it can be confusing as hell. Because in this world we live in today, you know, leader, 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 everything. Everyone's a leader. The guy cooking the burgers. I God, look at him go. He's quite a burger leader. You know, know. you know. But it's like it's the word leader is used interchangeably with boss, executive, Mm -hmm. politician, sports, celebrity, so on and so forth. Who knows if they are? They very well could be, and they could not be. Right. I mean, but the word in itself is used incorrectly almost all the time. Right, yeah. I know, and, everywhere I go, they're using the word blah, 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 blah. Oh, but you know, it's become you know, meaningless, don't you think? Pardon? It's become meaningless. Well, it has, I mean, you, you know, because it, yeah, it really has. Because we define people now by how they say things and if they say things that I agree with. I mean. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and, the, and the system has ways of tricking you to believe that certain people are leaders, you know, or leadership-like. And it's like like in the corporate world, you know, you're a corporate leader if you do this action and that action. Okay. Good or bad. Yeah, but as, you know? as long as you do it. But as long as you do it, that's right. corporate leadership. Okay. Not sure about that. Oh. Uh, there are times for that, but it's certainly not as often as, as, as it's prescribed. Slogans like words matter. And of course they do. Mm-hmm. But it, those type of sentiments really advantage the smooth talker, that person telling that story effectively. It has to be more about the intent and the action of those people than the words that they speak. Yeah. I don't at, think people look at that, though, at a tent. No, no, they don't for sure. And that's where we all get sucked in. And then it's like ma- attitude matters. Well, well, attitude defined by who? You know, what's the purpose? Where are we going? A lot of times attitude is that short-term goal. Okay, come on. You know, you work for the company. You got to have positive attitude and go for it. Well, maybe, maybe not. So we really have to learn the difference, right? We have to model the right behavior. As a leader. Like for me, leadership boils down to values, action, and intent from what I'm hearing from you. Absolutely. And here's the, here's the kicker. Like okay. I often, we're often talking here on the podcast and, you know, I'm 
strutting my stuff and how I'm good with people <laughs> and how, you know, I've got all these letters to people telling me, haven't I got all these engagement scores and right, telling me right. how wonderful I am? Well, let me tell you, not everybody thought Rick Brennan was a leader because as a leader, and I think most of my team members saw that, they're, they're the people that I was trying to motivate, organize, and, right. and I let them do their thing. So my role really became removing obstacles from their path, which means That's that I had to sometimes be in conflict, disagreements with other people, trying to remove those obstacles to allow mm-hmm. them to be productive. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people, as a result of those interactions, would see me as headstrong, inappropriate, and, and an asshole. But that was my role. So you can't be a leader to everybody. You got to know your tribe. You got to know your team, and that's your focus. Now, I'm not suggesting that you're an asshole to everybody, but at the same time, know who you are. And you can, and not everyone's going to like. You. Not everyone can love you. No. If, no. if everyone loves you, then what's that old saying? You can't be doing much. That's right. So when I was reading the book, there was a section on a fellow named Sam Walker and that he did some kind of survey in regards to leadership. Can you walk me through that? Yeah, sure. So Sam Walker was a a sports writer, and he decided to do this study on who were the leaders in the greatest teams in history. So he traveled all around the world, and he looked at the greatest cricket team, the greatest soccer team, the greatest hockey team, and so on and so forth, the Olympic gold medal teams and all that sort of stuff, and talked to many of the members of those teams to understand who were the leaders of those teams. Because if you take a team like everyone would know, like the Pelé soccer team, of years ago, which, you know, and many would argue was the greatest soccer team in history. Who was the leader? So he went through and he talked to he talked to the participants. And it was, well, I found it somewhat surprising okay. that, you know, I would thought that, you know, the leaders of teams like that, I mean, these are the best in history. They'd be charismatic. They'd be wanting the spotlight. They'd be aggressive and great talk and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So what he found was the absolute opposite. The leaders of those teams, as described by the members of those teams, were calm, collected, didn't want the spotlight, really focused on the team as a collective and individual accomplishment meant little to them. So they made sure that the environment was right for people on that team to succeed, especially the stars. They made sure that the stars had the environment to succeed. And it was by doing all the little things. And we won't get into what all the little things were because that would be different on every team. But it just shows you that leadership is not about aggression. It's not about, it's not even who you think it is a lot of the time. Right. Okay. So as you're talking about this, what really comes to mind to me is the Ted Lasso show. Oh, I, I mean, know. that's Isn't that a great show. I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, really, what you're talking about is a lot of the things that they are highlighting in that show. Oh, you 100%. 100%. Know? It's he's, a great show. It's yeah. a great example. And he just, you know, I mean, he's so goofy anyway, but he just leans back and kind of lets them find out who they want to follow in the in the locker room. And, you know, I, I yeah, that to me is Well, it's a is great example. It's about. a lot of what we're talking about. Yeah. That You got to go and Ted Laszlo, I mean, I'm no expert <laughs> on Ted Laszlo. <laughs> But he has his style and he runs with his style. As opposed to trying to adapt and be something he's not, he goes with. And that's what we're talking about in this podcast. Listen, you are who you are. Exactly. What's special about you and run with the ball. What, What could be more clear and simple than that? Well, okay. Do you have any other examples? Yeah, I think so. You know, as I went through life... I mean, one we've already talked about was sort of my experience in university playing soccer where I had Mm -hmm. one coach, Leroy, and another coach, Ray. Right. And how they approached coaching much different. Leroy was easygoing, 
uh, let it roll, understood his audience, really had no ego involved in decision-making process. And Ray, really, I'm guessing because of Ray's, well, one was his personality, but his lack of experience, too, was more rigid, more a rule follower, more analytical, and not an approach that would work for me. Yeah, I think you had a little altercation with him, didn't you? Well, we did, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, but it goes to how I perceive him and how I perceive the type of leader that I want. Right. You know? And I was young at the time, and, you know, I wouldn't say I'm fault-free, but it certainly highlights that, you know, leaders are have to adapt to their environment. And maybe if... If Ray had approached it different with me and sat me down and say, Rick, that really wasn't cool and, and approached, you know, how, you know, I probably would have went on my own to each member of the team and said, yeah, it's a bit of an asshole. Right. But, right. but he didn't allow that to happen. Okay. You know, so yeah. another example I might give you is about a boss I had called Nick. And Nick came into the company. He's a pretty charismatic guy. And he was, they brought him in and he's heading the automation group. And, you know, Nick had a great, Nick has a skill that I don't have and I never will have. Nick could smooth with the top brass like a pro. He got in, he spoke their language, and they loved him. Okay. So it wasn't long before Nick started to climb through the company. And the first stop was becoming my boss. Ah, how'd that go over? Well, you know, I'm kind of <laughs> pissed off a little bit because, you know, I thought I was up for that type of job. Okay. And all of a sudden, I've got this guy coming in who I kind of knew and I kind of liked. You know, I had mm -hmm. no problem with him, but that kind of pissed me off. And he was very well aware that, you know, I wasn't pleased with that. But he handled it in stride. He was he was pretty smart. He let me do my little sulking for a while and just <laughs> carried on. And, and Nick had the skills that you would think a leader would have. He He liked people. It right. was very obvious. He could dialogue with anybody from the CEO to the receiver or the bookkeeper. He had all those things. He liked to go out. He participated in events. He liked to have fun. He was well organized. But he really also allowed me to run with the ball. He recognized my unique management style and just let me go with it, which wow. was very different than other, other bosses. Other bosses need to boss. Yes. You know what I yeah. mean? They, Not lead necessarily. Well, boss. but even that, some leaders need to lead. I mean, sometimes you just need to take a back seat and let everyone run with the ball because your objective is to move forward and reach your goals and objectives to keep the team motivated. Right. And sometimes let other people take the leadership role and just shut your mouth. And Lick was pretty good at that. He could he could get those nuances and he knew when to back off and when just to let me do my things. And that doesn't mean he didn't tell me once in a while, Rick, well, maybe you went a little too far here and that right. sort of stuff, of right. course, you know. Okay. But one area or one place I took Nick to was the Digby Golf Tournament. So there's this, there's this celebrity golf tournament we went to every year, and it was fun, fun, fun. I think the kind of the nickname that the Disneyland for adults, you know, it's mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of drinking and whatever going on. It's a three-day golf tournament in this little town in nowhere, Nova Scotia, and at this beautiful hotel. And we'd go and we'd party up. And I went to that for years. And at, by this point, I had it all organized. I, I made sure I had the right people on my teams. So I'd have two teams. You know, some were customers. And uh, so I would bring friends because I knew friends would create the right atmosphere right. is what I was going for. Okay. And Nick wanted to go. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to bring my boss because, you know, I think I'm kind of at my worst in those things. Right. But it's interesting because the one place I loved the best in Digby was the deck. We had this cottage and we had this deck. And on that deck, we'd sit around and someone would play music and there'd be CEOs and ministers, but all people that I knew very well. And this time Nick came along. And of course, that's my environment. Like Carlos talked and when we did the interview with mm -hmm. Carlos, that was my safe place. I felt good. My brain was 
unfiltered and I could rock it and roll it. Right. So I'm doing my thing on the deck. I'm performing. I just got the right amount of everything in me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm putting on a show. Yes. And I can hear Nick say to Mike Nallen, who's another friend of mine, boy, Rick's got some talents. Wow. I'm performing. And I can tell you, I know that that moment changed. Not that we didn't get along, not that he didn't think I was a good operator, but that moment propelled me, I think, in his mind that I could go to a, a whole other level. That's yeah, and amazing. It, it talks about relationships and fun and all that sort of stuff. Well, wow, that's really cool. Like, you know, you were so afraid of him being there because you were, you know. Not, well, I was going to be inappropriate. You were going to be inappropriate. And it turns out that that's the part that he really loved about you. And I mean, I'm sure once in a while he smacked you for it, as you said. But, you know, he really saw what made you tick. And he let me run with and it. And yeah, for sure. he let you run with it. And not just that, that particular incident, but he let me run with the way I managed the region. Right. And he, like I say, he let me go and he understood that my uniqueness was propelling the region forward. He okay. understood that, you know, sometimes you got to get out of the box, stop following the rules and, and let everybody just go for it. And I'll give you one funny example. So, you know, I always had Danny White working for me and mm-hmm. Danny, you talk about Danny. We have to have interview Danny at some yeah. point. I we mean, talk you know, about we talk Danny. About People should meet him. Yeah, and he's quite yeah. a character, <laughs> and, you know. So anyways, I have Danny and Danny does all. If I got an issue with a customer, Danny goes out. If I got a special thing I need handled, Danny goes with it. So Danny doesn't have Sounds have. like an enforcer. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't an enforcer. We can't define him. What I do here? Yeah, okay. One executive yeah. asked Nick, says, what the hell does Danny White do? And Nick says, don't ask. <laughs> and he refers to Danny as black ops. Oh, that's hilarious. No, it is. Again, that certainly nobody else in any other region had an employee doing those sorts of things. Right. But Nick didn't look at it as conforming. He looked at it as that that's what this region needs to do in their circumstances with their talent and their situation to make it happen. So he allowed that. It wasn't about conformity. It was just about a good common sense approach to how do you move the ball forward? How do, you, how do I lead and how do I let other people? Oh, right. And to achieve our goals. Right. Right. And Nick, Nick was a smart guy. And, it's, and it wouldn't be long before Nick, jumps, you know, he, he took that job and got another job and another job. And he started moving up the ladder right. to the point where he jumped his boss who became president of Canada. Of wow. in Canada. Yeah. Very, wow. very quickly. That's amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, through all this stuff that we're talking about, me and Nick, we sort of develop a pretty strong relationship. Mm-hmm. So when he took over as president, because Nick always wanted me, because I had talked to Nick, oh, I don't want to go to Montreal or Toronto and hang around with that. I don't want to be in that environment. He used to say, are you fucking crazy? Why? Why, why are you thinking wh- like that? What made you think that? Uh, like, why were you like that? I don't know. Stubborn duty. <laughs> were you, um, was it the old blustering where, you know, I don't want to go, but really down deep. Yeah, maybe prob- there's some fear. Probably. Some fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah no okay. doubt about that. Okay. So, so Nick, you know, seen that and he challenged that. So when he became president of Canada, although there was already a plan in place to nationalize the company from regions to just a national group. Right. Nick took the company to four regions from three, making Atlantic Canada its own region mm-hmm. so that because the structure of the company as it was wouldn't allow me to be on the senior management team because you had to be running a region. Okay. So he created another region and I put me, gave me a promotion and put me on the senior management team because wow. he said, well, here's your chance to learn now, Rick, if you want to be there or not. So that's impressive. What was really impressive is nobody wanted him to do it. We're in three regions. We're going national. You're going to go to four regions. How does that make any sense? And there's a logic in that. Okay. So uh, he said, no, I made a commitment. I'm doing it. 
Wow. And and the brass in the U.S. don't want to do it. All the management team, his management team don't want to do it. And he said, nah, I don't care. I'm doing it. So wow. that was that situation. It really shows you. I mean, what an example of leadership. Now, I could guess that's coming from my point of view, and it all benefited me. So, whoa, what a great leader. But <laughs> well, I, he sounds like a really stand-up guy. Well, he is a stand-up you know? guy, but I think leaders do what leaders say. Right or wrong, from anybody else's point of view, I think that is absolutely a characteristic of a good leader. So are there any other factors that are crucial to leadership? Oh, there's, you know, there certainly is. And, and at the risk of repeating myself from past episodes, to be a leader, you have to be organized. I'd be ah. bold enough to say that 50% of leadership is just basic organization. Not very sexy. No, no. <laughs> not no sexy. That's not a sexy part of the job, is it? No, but here's the scoop. No matter how wonderful you think you are mm-hmm. or how debonair and well you speak at a podium, people can't follow when it's not clear where they need to go. They can't do what they don't understand. They can't fly when bound by rules. Okay. So breaking things down to simple and straightforward pieces to make people accountable is essential to good leadership. I mean, what could be more common sense than that? Then the question becomes, how do you actually know you're organized? Well, Rick, I think that's a conversation for another day. Fair enough. Judy, I think it's important to highlight to our atypical listeners the critical points we've made today. Everyone looks at leadership differently. It's important to model the right behavior so you get yourself going in the right direction. It's understanding that you don't always have to be active leading, that you can give up control once in a while. And then, of course, it's about what you do, not what you say. It's about values, trust, respect, and humility. But most importantly, it's about owning your atypicalness, your uniqueness, to power your leadership approach. Thanks for listening. Let's do it again next week. If you liked the episode, please download it and share it with your family, friends, and colleagues. And if you'd like more information, please visit our website, atypicalleader.com.